After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about TV commercials. We talk about good ones, we talk about bad ones, and we talk about ones where people say weird shit like this. I'm sorry! (laughs) My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm one of your hosts. Your other host is Genevieve Haz, and she's sitting across from me. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Uh, So coming up today, you know, I was going to say one of our first shows, but it was our very, very, very first show. When we were mere babes in the podcasting woods. Nearly in our late 30s. <laughs> Nearly in our late 30s. When we when we launched this thing <laughs> and we didn't know where we were going with just you, me, two mics and a dream. Uh, our very first episode, episode number one, was called What Are You Apologizing For? And we looked at ads that were kind of apologizing for their products, but it was like Domino's. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a huge scandal with Domino's. It's just like Domino's it was a, realized... It was a decades-long scandal of <laughs> bad pizza. <laughs> They're just like, our pizza sucks. We're going to rebrand. And yeah. we thought, boy, that's a weird strategy to start apologizing for who you used to be to introduce your kind of new face to society. So that was called What Are You Apologizing For? Today, all these many years later, you and I are older, wiser, and we're going to take a look at this new batch of apology commercials that we're seeing right now. Um, And it's not What Are You Apologizing For? We know what you're apologizing for. These companies done screwed up. Yes. Three in particular. Um, Facebook, which we talked about a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week. Um, uh, Wells Fargo and Uber. All three of those companies are running these commercials almost nonstop. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, especially during the uh, NBA playoffs. Right, when a lot of people are watching live TV and have a- and ha- have eyeballs on commercials. It's just like apology after apology after apology. We're sorry that we sold all of your data. Yeah, we're sorry we we bought products. We, we, put product, we opened accounts for you without telling you. Yeah, Wells Fargo. And I guess Uber is like, I'm sorry that we assault you both literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, Uber had a whole bunch of things. So anyway, we're going to take a look at, at this batch of apology commercials and also look back uh, to another time when a lot of companies were apologizing for some pretty bad behavior. Um, also, we will check in with you guys, the Ad Council. Uh, I have not looked at what's in the mailbag today, Veeves, but you said we have a, some really funny emails or at least one that you were laughing at in the other room. There's one email that I liked that made me laugh and uh, a couple of uh, commercials that are... Uh, that are just getting our listeners' attention that I wanted to share. All right, sounds good. Are we in a? Do we have a dearth of jingles? Is nobody called the jingle? It's in a two jingle drought. Now? It's a jingle drought. Come Ad on, guys. Council. It's a jingle drought. Come on, we can't play this. Ad Council. It's jingle time. Jeffrey Wilser made that for us so that you yeah. would continue to send. You're hurting in your jingles his feelings and. You know, every time we play that, we have to pay him $100. So you're also hurting his bottom line. How are are we in arrears, yes, by the way? significantly. <laughs> Sorry, Jeffrey. <laughs> We're broke as fuck. <laughs> anyway. All right. So here's the deal. We're going to get into these um, apology commercials now. But we have a little bit of... It's our first loggerheads, really, on this show. We have a bit of a behind-the-scenes... Yes. Um, I don't even... A contretemps. Sure. I don't know how to say that. I don't speak Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But whenever we start our main segment, I usually... Sometimes we pick them together. Often I will pick and edit a a song that I think is good thematically for the segment that we're about to do. And I have one ready to go for today, but then you want to play a different one. Right. Um, That is hilarious to me. So I'm going to start this segment... Two times in a row. Okay. And then I want the listeners to write in. We'll put up a, we could put a poll on the Facebook page. Yeah, we'll put a poll on the Facebook page. You can also write in uh, or call us at, uh, I don't know, what's the number, Vives? You would know that. 607-444-5597. There you go. I almost gave the TBTL line. You can also <laughs> call that if you want, but I won't give it out here. Um, so, okay. So, we're going to do mine first. So, you'll hear... Let us know which one of these you like. You shouldn't better. have even tipped your hand because you should have just said one is one and one oh, is the other. Oh, that's well. No, it's a, trust me. If it's going to be a popularity contest, you're going to win. But I think that <laughs> I should win just on the merits of the song. So, all right, here we go, guys. Uh, let's start talking about these apology ads. Sorry, 
like I said a minute ago, we're going to be talking about Wells Fargo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's how I would have started. Yeah, it's this a great segment. song. No argument. Okay, good. And now here's how you want to start the segment. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, three, two, one. Okay, guys, uh, let's get into some of these apology ads. I mean, did you not cut it to like the to the hook? I cut out a bunch of it. <laughs> I couldn't cut right to the hook because there wasn't a good pickup spot. Well, I think you should have edited it differently. No, this is good. The listeners are loving it. Everyone loves One Republic. One Republic? I think that's the name of the band. Big payoff. That is a that is a very shitty song by a band called One Republic that uh, I hear all the time because I only I listen exclusively to Top Forty on the radio. Yeah, what was the? I'm, do I have it here? The actual email that you sent me today when you said that you wanted to play that <laughs> as um, okay. The subject line for our show. I have I remembered this being funny. Okay, subject line for our show in the email. This song is some of the top 40 garbage that I listen to all the time. It's by a bunch of Ed Hardy wearing motherfuckers called One Republic. Let's use the hook for our show tonight! Exclamation point. Yeah. (laughs) Fiend. I told you I don't speak Spanish. All right. All right. So let's get into these. You guys got the best of both worlds. It's a choose your own adventure. Um... Okay, so do we have to go over what the scandals were? Well, let's start with these Wells Fargo ads, which I'm also hearing radio versions of. I didn't even know they were running on TV. Oh, shout out to our friend and ad counselor, Mike Frizzell, a.k.a. Drew McFrizz. Um, he's been blowing up my phone saying, you guys you guys got to tackle these apology ads, and it's uh, taken me a, a while to finally get around to it, or taken us a while to get around to it. But thanks, Mike. Good idea for the show. Um so we will also send you a hundred dollars. Actually, we sent your hundred to Jeffrey Wilser, uh, and just hit him up, and I'm sure he's happy to forward it on to you. The first one we want to talk about is this Wells Fargo campaign. Uh, Wells Fargo, um, V, if you alluded to it before, they have had this ongoing scandal for two years now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the CEO had to sit in front of Congress and get grilled by Elizabeth Warren, I think, for these business practices. There was they put so much pressure. To, stop me when I'm wrong about this. By the way, I'm sure I'll misstep this but um, they put so much pressure on their sales team their lower level sales teams to um, get customers to sign up for more accounts yeah more they had credit cards quotas. more savings and they had all these quotas that were unrealistic um, and so what happened was a lot of employees started making up like fake accounts for there were real accounts but they were making up they basically if you were a uh, if you were a customer of Wells Fargo you had a savings account and a checking account Suddenly, without your permission, you might also have two credit cards with them right because of the quota pressure. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens. This is a this is a time tried and true lesson in incentivizing. Um, we st- we saw this in Georgia, uh, in Atlanta, where I'm from. With um, when you when you when you measure people and and grade people on something that is such such a numeric metric like that um in in georgia they were goaling teachers on like test scores oh this is when you were growing up or this is this is a few years this is a while ago it's probably in the last decade or so um but they basically they created a system where the only thing that teachers were being measured on was whether the kids were getting the test scores Mm. so you put enough pressure on people they're gonna find a way and and if especially if it's something that can be judged or measured in such a cut and dried numeric way they're going to find a way to make those numbers and yeah. the teachers were changing the test scores just like these these that's what wells fargo is doing they're changing the test scores but wells fargo wants to remind you that they are a um a very old company yep. with roots in the american west and uh yes. that is what thankfully they helped denude the west of gold i think Actually, that's exactly what... Have you seen this commercial? I did watch it. That's exactly what their selling point is. Let's take a listen to this. We know the value of trust. We were built on it. Back when the country went west for gold, we were the ones who carried it back east. By steam, by horse, by iron horse. Over the years, we built on that trust. We always found the way. 
Until we lost it. But that isn't where the story ends. It's where it starts again. With a complete recommitment to you. Fixing what went wrong, making things right, and ending product sales goals for branch bankers. So we can focus on your satisfaction. We're holding ourselves accountable to find and fix issues proactively because earning back your trust is our greatest priority. It's a new day at Wells Fargo, but it's a lot like our first day. Wells Fargo, established 1852, reestablished 2018. So um, the visuals there, are, I, mean, I imagine that you can picture them without seeing it. It starts off with, um, you know, cowboy imagery uh, from the days of uh, the, the early days of Wells Fargo, uh, or at least representing the stage that coach racing yeah. across the uh, the plains. The you which know, then gets replaced by the Iron Horse. The Iron Horse, <laughs> which is what I call trains. Yes. still, which is always confusing when I go to buy like train tickets for like Sound Transit. I mean Iron Horse tickets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how much for two on your Iron Horse? I say. <laughs> And then they ask me to take the bus, um, and then as uh, time oh, you mean goes, the horseless carriage? As the yeah, and then eventually we see the horseless carriage. Uh, as time goes on, we see um, Wells Fargo kind of come of age. We see ATMs. Then you heard it all stop, like oh. Then we hit the part where we made a boo boo, like rut row. And then the, there's a headline. They show like a paper, a newspaper that has like some sort of bad Wells Fargo headline. Yeah, and it's uh, it's obscured. It just says why is Wells Fargo, and that's all you see. <laughs> yeah, they're like let's. <laughs> right, right. And then you hear that modern music kick in and then you just see all this like like very stock footagey feeling um shots of modern people yes. who bank, people holding cell phones or smartphones. Work, one of our iPads. employees is in a wheelchair. And uh, a lot of like Are people... You're people, gonna beat up on a company that hires a guy in a wheelchair? People like spreading out their plans on big tables in <laughs> open office settings. <laughs> uh, it's just like it's got all of that. And then obviously the, the message uh, is right there in the voiceover. Veeves, I forgot. I wanted to set up kind of a conceit for this show. I don't want to just go through these shows, but or I don't want to just go through these commercials, but I think it was last week or the week before we played, you played for me the Facebook apology ad, which I had never seen before. And so I was taking it all in kind of live on the podcast and I liked it and I still like it. And you actually were kind of net negative on the Facebook apology ad. So we'll talk more about that later. But after going through all of these today, I think it made me appreciate some aspects of the like some of these companies are doing it really well some of mm-hmm. them i think are doing it really horribly and it made me appreciate the um facebook one personally even more so i wanted to come back after we talk about you about a bunch of these from current day to back in the 2010s i want to end with the facebook one and see if you feel any differently about it as a commercial so anyway this wells fargo one how do you feel about it effective well I liked the beginning. I liked the I liked sort of history history porn aspects of it, mm-hmm. like uh, like the the I, I sort of like the the documentary feel of it, like the way it went through its their their history and like all the great inter- and I thought like oh man, like I was interested in Wells Fargo's history for that part, and then mm-hmm. of course like there's a record scratch moment, and that's sort of the structure of the Facebook one too, right? It's like good, everything's going great, yeah. great, great, great. Yeah. What oh something yep. broke. And so I think the second half is the the apology half, the after the after the look how great we are, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater half um feels much less interesting to me and like you said like so much stock footage and so generic and so carefully um pretty carefully worded. Now I swear I saw I might maybe I missed it when we were playing it this time, but I swear I've seen a version of this where they say we've removed the sales goals or like the sales quotas for our staff. So that one actually, that version, which I think probably is like a little bit longer, um, I think it's kind of interesting because that's getting at some very real things. Yeah, let me let's play this. This is another ad I have. This is that one you just saw is from their current campaign in 2018. I found one from 2016, which is a 30 second spot. And this one has much less of the art, much less of the first we're going to hook you with our tradition 
and how you used to think about us and then make a pivot point. This next one reminds me of just like being in a boardroom. What is our three point plan mm-hmm. for getting the public's trust back? And then we're going to go in front of the public. And we're going to tell them what our three point plan is. That's how I remember this one. I watched it earlier today. So this is the one from 2016. I believe is generally just like an image of a stagecoach riding across the plains or something uh, while there's kind of text overlaid with voiceover. Wells Fargo was making changes to make things right. First, all customers who have been impacted will be fully refunded. Second, a confirmation will be sent when new personal or small business checking, savings, or credit card accounts are opened. Third, We've eliminated product sales goals for our retail bankers to ensure your interests are put first. We're taking action. We're renewing our commitment to you. Now, that is just straightforward. Like, that's what it was a, a stagecoach in slow motion. And it was like bullet pointed. Yeah. One, two, three. These yeah. are the three things we're going to do. I actually kind of appreciate that more. Really? To me, that is so artless. It is artless, but I'm not sure that art, that the time for art artfulness is when you done fucked up like it's maybe just dispense with the uh the razzle dazzle and tell me what you're gonna do because i think that the biggest problem the thing that they really screwed up was that they um they they did a lot of like sort of you know misdirection and lying to people and misrepresenting things now is the time for very straightforward like I, I could have used a little bit more mea culpa in that one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we recognize that we violated your trust and we know it's going to take some work to get it back. That's the line I would have liked to have heard. But I did appreciate hearing what they're actually doing to mitigate it. I think th- I think the one that we f- opened with, the first one, feels like such a piece of marketing collateral. And uh, I, l- I enjoy marketing as much as the next person, arguably a lot more. Uh, but when it's something that's so heinous and what they did was really terrible. I mean, it's criminal. Um, like telling me that you, uh, helped ship all the gold back from the California gold rush and like, you know, oh boy, there was like, we had a little hiccup here, but you know, we're, we're still helping people get new business loans. I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm skeptical. I think the feeling that I have is different from you right now. I totally hear what you're saying, and I and I appreciate it, and and completely, I think, understand it. Um, and maybe as we watch more of these, you'll understand my perspective a little bit more. But I'm more attracted to the little bit of the razzle dazzle of marketing, and a lot of these that attempt that do rely on some sort of nostalgia or who a reminder of who we are. More on that in a second, and. I think for me, I'm interested in well-made commercials and the ones that are just kind of like, we screwed up and it's like basically a PowerPoint with some moving imagery behind it. I'm like, that's fine, but like you could do that in print. And here's another theory I have too. Like you're a major news consumer, more than me. And I technically work in the media. Um, But you are glued to the headlines a little bit more than I am. So I think that you would be able to... You would be able to... Um, break down very well exactly what the Wells Fargo scandal is and all, and probably with uh, Uber, all the different headlines and all the different things going on. Whereas a more casual news consumer, I'm not saying me necessarily in this, play, in this case. They just know Wells Fargo did something yeah, wrong. You're watching the NBA playoffs. You, you know, you work 10 hour shifts, like whatever you're doing, you're coming home or you're going to the bar with your friends and you have the NBA playoffs. You know that Wells Fargo fucked up somehow. Um, I like the idea of trying to remind people why this is a, a product you have a certain kind of buy into with the, again, using the word razzle dazzle, as opposed to actually reiterating how you screwed up and yeah. reminding people of the details. You may be, you may, I totally get where you're coming from and you are probably right and they are probably right to be doing this more produced narrative, uh, emotional, emotional appeal about the traditions and value of the company for a major audience like the NBA finals, mm-hmm. right? Like probably you're right. Like telling people these very specific actions that they're going to take um, is only going to, it's, it's just going to make people suddenly go like, wait, you were doing, you weren't doing this before. <laughs> like right. what you were just like, if you didn't, if you didn't already know that they were opening people accounts in people's names without telling them now, you know, cause they're admitting mm-hmm. that they're not going to do it anymore. We don't have rats. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> who said who said we have rats um and so i i think strategically i i agree with you i think it's probably a much more uh wise move strategically to do that for a mass audience i'm i mean you know i'm just reacting to it personally but i also think that that and and that's why i don't think you're wrong either i think that it might speak to the different kinds of mindsets between those who are maybe more aware of what's going on in the news versus those who just kind of have a vague understanding yeah and you know i think if the uh past election has proven anything it's that some people are just voting who have vague understandings and gut feelings about things um this next one is the uh, third one. If you count Facebook and Wells Fargo, the third one that's in heavy rotation right now is uh, Uber. Speaking of, I don't even know. I mean, I tried at the beginning of the show how to like itemize all of the crap. Where that- to begin? Um, Uber has a litany of sins. Some of them are against the consumer of Uber's, Uber's products, um, including you know not vetting their drivers. Um, there's it's they are famously or famously they did have a horribly toxic sexist work culture work environment yeah. um they're uh i think the thing that maybe makes me the most mad and in, in a list of things that make me mad i don't use uber anymore and nothing in this commercial is going to make me change my mind spoiler alert um is that they went after their competitor lyft in a really um unethical and i would say illegal way oh that's right they yeah. started they would they had uber staffers like calling for lifts that they abandoned um, they went through journalists' trash to try to dig up dirt on them, who were people who were covering them. Uh, they got in some trouble because they sort of tried to monetize or take advantage of the Trump when the travel ban happened, and it like created chaos at airports. Yeah, which there's there are different have, ways of interpreting yeah, that. I'm actually I don't I don't jump. Travis Kalanick, their former their founder and former CEO, is uh, I mean just obvious human garbage. I mean he's demonstrated that in. On myriad of ways. That's what they address in this. They say, "Sorry, our former CEO was yeah. human garbage." Well, you'll, the guy you're going to hear from is not Travis Callen. Yeah, and the, who we're about to hear from. So this is a one minute Uber ad that is running now. Um, again, the visuals that you see are almost worthless. Uh, it begins with the new CEO, whose name is Dara Kazra uh, Shahi, um, and he's talking directly to the camera. And then as he continues to talk and talk and talk and talk. You see images of people getting in and out of cars. <laughs> I mean, essentially, <laughs> yeah. and people in a work environment that looks like they're not being harassed. So let's take a listen to this. I'm Dara Khosrowshahi, Uber's new CEO. Since joining nine months ago, my priority has been to listen to you, to cities and communities, and to my own employees. I've seen a lot of good. We've changed the way people get around. We've provided new opportunities. But moving forward, it's time to move in a new direction. And I want you to know just how excited I am to write Uber's next chapter with you. This begins with new leadership and a new culture. And you're going to see improvements to our service with better pickups and ride quality for both riders and drivers. One of our core values as a company is to always do the right thing. And if there are times when we fall short, we commit to being open, taking responsibility for the problem, and fixing it. And you've got my word that we're charting an even better road for Uber and for those that rely on us every day. At the end, it says, moving forward, Uber. Um, And they have a special website set up, ubers.com slash moving forward, if you want to learn more about their, you know, uh, I guess, efforts to rebrand. Their core values of always doing the right thing. Yeah, and I saw you shake your hand on that, as a matter of fact, or shake your head at that, and I I was going to bring that up, too. As a matter of fact, I meant to have my buzzer ready, because there's no way, no matter how much... No matter how much you want to, you know, rectify mistakes you have made, no matter how much you even want to be a good company, I know that Uber's, they're not sitting around saying, well, our core value is to make the world a better place and everything. Why would it? And, you know, I'll tell you what, I don't want to name any names. You could figure out if you wanted to. I worked for an organization before that I don't necessarily think makes the world a better place. But it was a core value of theirs. I disagree with what their interpretation of it was. And I don't think they do make the world a better place. But they were run by an organization that I truly do believe that if you're going to be part of our organization, you have to have a broader mission, which is to make the world a better place. You probably know what I'm talking about. But um, 
I that's but that I believe them. I think they're doing it incorrectly. Uber, that's not part of your exactly. mission. I also I sincerely do work for a mission driven organization. It's uh and so Sure, yeah. I work for the University of Washington and it's uh like it's so it's so much a part of our DNA and I you know, I know this just sounds like I'm a Kool-Aid drinker and whatever, but like it is sincerely part of the DNA of this public university and why wouldn't it be? It's a public university. Yeah. Like our mission is to improve lives for people in Washington and beyond. But I mean, it's through education, through research, through medical care and treatment and, re- you know, cures. So I know what it means to work for an organization where make the world a better place is an actual value. And God forbid you could have a scandal. Somebody at the university of a high level or, or maybe even a lower level could make a major misstep totally. that is very, very That's public. Not the world that makes the, that makes national headlines and yes. besmirches your organization. But when you you know, if you were to have to come out and do any kind of PR on that and you say our this is our mission, it truly is yeah. part of your mission. And I also believe that private corporations can be mission driven or that mission that uh that they can have values that are um, uh, that are public serving. I think like Starbucks, not that I'm their biggest fan of their products necessarily, but I know that they, I know that they treat their employees uh, pretty well, like with, you know, in terms of how they're paid and the benefits they receive. Um, Starbucks is a company that's made some missteps lately. They've had some, you know, pretty, pretty big uh, like, bad ways of treating customers and racist ways of treating customers but their corporate culture you know and i say this as like an an, an un, a disinterested observer their corporate culture is based on on certain values uber, like if if this new ceo of uber wants to say from the day i was hired or the when i took this job i said i will only take this job if we foster a culture of doing the right thing that would be more interesting to me but trying to pretend that Uber has this as part of its DNA is so disingenuous. Um, I think this commercial is not great for a number for some of the reasons we've articulated. It feels to me like step one in a five-step process. This is like introduce this, uh, you know, Khosrow Shahi guy to the American public. He's not a great spokesman, but like he's kind of the anti-Kalanick, um, and then. I think the next thing we'll see, I think this is sort of the equivalent in some ways of like that Wells Fargo ad Mm -hmm. that you played where it's like the three-point plan. The next Uber ad that they start airing on a national, for a national campaign will probably be much slicker. Yes. And see, this is where we're just going to, I think, just continue to disagree on these things. Because to me, this is the worst one of the whole batch. Because... I I don't think it's good. It is like, it is completely tell don't show it is a guy holding up a newspaper with today's date no but it does sort of have this just kind of like i I am reading all of these things and it is so boardroom i'm going to play a little bit of this and i I am going somewhere with this so i just want to play a little bit of him him describing what the company has because it actually hits on some of those things that wells fargo did who we used to be where we got all these things but there's no there's no art to it at all, and it doesn't make me feel connected to a company that I used to feel very connected to. Just take a listen to this again. I've seen a lot of good. We've changed the way people get around. We've changed the way people get around. We've provided new opportunities. We've provided new opportunities. But moving forward, it's time to move in a new direction. And now it's time to move in a new direction. What I could have done here, if I can just finish my point, is to go back to the Facebook one we'll listen to a little bit. Facebook is also a relatively new company, and they kind of hit a lot of these similar points with relative to their faux pas, but they began by showing me and like really reminding me of a connection I used to have to that company by appealing to, you know, more of my, I, I guess, emotional emotional tendencies love that band uh by appealing to my emotions a lot more this is just kind of like read 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 a bunch of words a bunch of words and it like and i used to be i used to be so loyal to this company yeah this ad could have done a little bit of something to make me miss uber and it does nothing it doesn't sell a product at all it only apologizes that's why i say it feels like step one to me but i agree with you like the next ad for them should be something like remember what it was like when you first uh watch the little black car moving on your phone yeah and it showed up or you were you needed to leave that 
you know, you need to leave, you need to leave that Halloween party after, you know, you took some hallucinogens <laughs> and there's no other way to get home. But thankfully, uh, you know, the Uber was able to come Just get you. Just to make one up out of whole cloth. That's not a real example. No, that didn't come out of anybody's life. Uh, and she didn't have to climb over railroad tracks and worry that the train <laughs> was going to start moving. Um, but uh, yeah, but I don't understand why you feel like that needs to be broken into different ads. I don't think like, it Why does. couldn't they have started this with just a little bit of a... I love that. Remember the first time you got into an Uber? Remember the first time you wanted to leave a party, but you didn't have to call a dispatcher yeah. or a taxi? We did that. We've lost our way a little bit. We want to get back on. Like, you need to sell your product a little bit along with apologizing. I'm not saying that I think that's a bad idea. I'm saying what I think is happening here is they have this CEO. He's new. He's not a very polished spokesperson, but they had a big CEO problem, which was they had a celebrity jerk CEO who was super famous. I think job one from their perspective, I'm not saying it was necessarily uh, the, the right way to approach it, but job one from their perspective was Travis has left the building. Yeah. That also, that I, could have been a great I ad. would have I would have but he's still on the board so they <laughs> right, can't do yeah. that. Um another one that you brought up which is uh kind of recent history was the big VW scandal. Now this one I was thinking about it again today. This is one of the I mean the ballsiest goddamn scandals of a major international company I could think of. Yes. They just went for it. <laughs> they just went for it. They had their diesel cars was the, the GT the Well the, it was uh, all the um the the diesel all of their diesel engine cars okay yeah the diesel cars in their fleet that were supposed and by like most diesel cars supposed to be better mileage had a had a setting or something to it so where when you would go get your emissions test the car would automatically switch to like a test mode that would give a lower reading and it was something that you as the driver didn't know or as the owner didn't know and it was something that the the emissions testing people had no way of knowing so they would do the emissions test it would come back super clean boom you're good to go you're still getting your great mileage um and then uh Actually, that's not what happens when it's on the road. Right. Then you then you pull away and the <laughs> yeah. thing is disengaged and it's yeah. like, okay, we're spewing out fumes. I mean, again. it was it was so ballsy. So audacious. I yeah. mean <laughs> You almost gotta get rid of it. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to be genius. the one to say that. <laughs> we're also VW people here. I mean, also like how is it that like you are a car created by the by Nazis for Nazis, but the biggest scandal is uh, um, the uh, diesel scandal? Anyway, they did not. I looked all over to find a commercial campaign where they did something similar, apologize, but they didn't. And I think this is much smarter. And this is what Uber and other companies and maybe Wells Fargo should be doing is take the straight up dry apology to print. Mm hmm. And I'm coming back to Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle us with your TV stuff a little bit later. Because this is what... um, Just break our hearts with your cute families and dads and daughters and whatnot. And to go back to that Roots thing. We'll come back to this in a second. So what VW did was they um, took out a full page ad in um, like dozens of news, 30 newspapers across the country, including, I want to say, either the New York Times or the Post or the Journal Maybe all three, but, you know, big, huge ad buy. And the page said in huge type, we're working to make things right. And then in regular type. They were TDI owners. That's right. Over the past several weeks, we've apologized to you, our loyal customers, about the 2.0 liter VW diesel emissions issue as we work tirelessly to develop a remedy. We ask for your continued patience. In the meantime, we're we're providing affected owners with a $500 Volkswagen Visa prepaid loyalty card. That seems a little weird, but a $500. We have some friends who got that because they bought the, they had bought the TDI. So make sure that you buy the next car from the the prepaid loyalty card does that mean you have to i think it was just like a money oh here's 500 bucks yeah um also you get a 500 volkswagen dealership card and a no charge 24-hour roadside assistance for three years we sincerely hope you see this as the first step towards restoring your invaluable trust um anyway it goes on from there not too much more and then it's signed by the the ceo from the time and that was in print and then the commercials, the next commercial campaign they released was actually a um, a European campaign. It was kind mm-hmm. of pan-European across the countries there. Um, 
and I'm going to play this for you, and there's no voiceover unless there's maybe a tiny bit at the end, but it's a full-minute ad, and Genevieve, it goes back to what a lot of these companies are doing, like Wells Fargo, reminding you of the roots of the company. In this case, they avoid the whole Nazi thing, but they begin in the 60s with a Volkswagen bug, and you see a little boy... The this era is of so, Think Small. Yeah, this is so subaru yeah. You see a little boy in the backseat of his dad's car. He's holding a teddy bear, which I think it might even be implied that that was his dad's teddy bear. It's like a stuffed rabbit. Um, and then you see the kid grow up over the years, and the cars are being swapped out by more and more modern VWs. And it, no matter what era you grow up in, even if it's like the 90s, you see a 90s VW, and you feel like this sort of loyalty to that era. Um, and uh, so you see the guy, and eventually you see him get married in his VW, or not in his VW, you know. You see him uh, taking his wife to the hospital, pregnant in the VW, et cetera. Let's take a look at this. So his parents are hippies And he's in the back of a V-dub Now it's like the 70s And you're seeing the um, I can't remember what that popular car was then Eventually he's no longer in the back seat He's now the one driving Because he's a teenager Having fun in his V-dub I'll be and with, with each time. scene, he sees himself like an older version of himself in a different VW. Yeah, it's very interesting how it's kind of how the baton is passed from him to uh, to him. It's more than just a car; it's a lifelong companion. Volkswagen. If you're going to do that kind of a two-part uh, campaign, I like this better. Keep the dry stuff for the pages of the Wall Street Journal and then let enough time go by and then start appealing to emotion again and uh, tradition. Yeah, I tend to find that more effective as well. I'm also kind of a sucker for a good written uh, piece. Uh, I know Mm -hmm. we mostly talk about, uh, obviously we talk about TV commercials on this show, but I'm a writer and I... I found the written letter that they share that you shared with us uh, pretty compelling. I think they dodged pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. They did dodge a little bit where they kept refer- they only referred to the um, the admissions issue, like mm-hmm. just say it. It's like if you lie to your parents about breaking the the mirror, and then you say. I want to apologize about the mirror issue. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was really a mirror well, issue. You, you broke it and then you lied about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I want to move on if you don't mind. Um, let's go back in time now a little bit further to uh, 2010. And by the way, props to um, Fast Company. I found an article that rounded up a bunch of these because they were mentioning, oh, yeah, it's almost like you're watching these NBA playoffs today and it's like, all apology commercials reminds us of the playoffs back in 2010. There were all these companies that were apologizing, and one of them was General Motors. This is General Motors apologizing for having to get bailed out after bankruptcy. Let's be completely honest. No company wants to go through this. But we're not witnessing the end of the American car. We're witnessing the rebirth of the American car. Doesn't this take you back? General Motors needs to start over in order to get stronger. There was a time when eight different brands made sense. Not anymore. There was a time when our cost structure could compete worldwide. Not anymore. Reinvention is the only way we can fix this. And fix it, we will. So here's what the new GM is going to be. Fewer, stronger brands. Fewer, stronger models. Greater efficiencies. Better fuel economy. And new technologies. By the way, bad writing there. Fewer, stronger brands and fewer, stronger models makes yeah. it sound like you're getting rid of the stronger There's, brands and models and you're keeping their the modifier, Their structure with their modifiers there is... How did that get through? Troubling. I mean, Leaner. sometimes it's just hard to write for these things. Yeah. This is not about going out of business. This is about getting down to business. At one point, the when they're talking about how their employees are going to be doing new things, they show them raising a barn, yeah. which is like... What? I mean, there's just a no, lot of stock images here that makes no ridiculous. sense. At one point, they just show a close-up of somebody who has one prosthetic leg right. from the knee down running on a track. Right. It has it, nothing it's to just do a, with the it, I mean, it's totally just like stock images for like inspiration, it's teamwork. Viridian. 
Yeah. It's totally Viridian. Absolutely. Um, I like this one more than the Uber one for some reason. So I don't know what why. So what they were apologizing for was needing a bailout. Is that Yeah, it? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, this was back in like the 2009s after like the economy totally hit the skids. Thank you, Republicans. Um, and all these huge companies were being bailed out. And so General Motors was one of them. I think, wasn't there also, was it a GM ad that was the big Super Bowl ad? Um, it's halftime in America. Was that... It, that might have been a little bit later. I, I, I can't recall. Um, with uh, what's his name? Dirty Harry. Right. Um, okay. So the chair's best friend. The chair's best friend. Uh, also, 2010. Another car company has nothing to do with a bailout. Toyota. Do you remember these massive recalls because people couldn't stop their damn cars? Yes, I do. It was scary as hell. And first yeah. they do a recall of like something like five million cars, over five million cars, because they were blaming it on the. Um, uh, on the uh, floor mats. There was oh, the floor right. mats they getting just bump, up under. bunching up underneath it, right. Which they still claim was part of the problem, but then people were, they, oh God. I remember they found one of these cars, another accident, what do they call it, the acceleration issues. They couldn't brake. A car crashed. I believe everybody lost their life and the floor mats were in the trunk. Yeah. Because they were telling people, take your floor mats out yes. of your car. And they're like, you can't blame the floor mats anymore. They ended up, the, the biggest number I could find today looking this up was 7.5, I believe, million cars. Wow. I mean, just a huge, I mean, talk about a recall. It's um, amazing Toyota's still in business. And so here's what they released after that. For over 50 years. Wait, there's, there's really, a, there's really, over 50 a, there's years, really a type to this music, right? isn't there? And not only the music, but where are we starting yeah. again? We're starting with... Don't forget, we've been, over, we've been here for years. Don't think about 2010. Yeah. Think about think about the 1950s, the yeah. 1960s. So lay back and think of the 50s. For over 50 <laughs> years, providing you with safe, reliable, high-quality vehicles has been our first priority. We're seeing a lot of um, uh, images of people in the 60s getting in their Toyotas. A lot of vintage Toyotas. Boy, they in make a lot of ugly cars. Our <laughs> company hasn't been living up to the standards that you've come to expect from us, or that we expect from ourselves. That's why 172,000 Toyota and dealership employees are dedicated to making things right. We have a fix for our recalls. We stopped production so we could focus on our customers' cars. A lot of images of um, in the second half of this of Toyota employees, workers, workers working on the line, working uh, as engineers. Jobs, yeah, highest quality. To restore your faith in our company. For more information, visit Toyota.com. Toyota moving forward. What was the Uber one? Moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so that was Toyota. Oh, just one more before I want to revisit that Facebook one um, is the 2010 BP oil spill. Now, the um, the CEO at the time was a guy named Tony Hayward. And obviously, BP was under so much oh, fire Oh, God, I remember anyway. Tony Hayward. He was a disaster. He was the CEO at the time. I mean, it's one of the largest uh, I guess, I, man-made disasters. It was the explosion on the um, Deepwater deep Horizon. horizon. Um, I don't know if the commercial I'm about to play came before or after this Today Show piece about it. Um, you're going to hear um, the, the news reporter, and then you're going to hear a quote from Tony Hayward. Do you remember this quote? Well, I can read it here, but I do uh, remember this quote. Uh, that ruffled some feathers. <laughs> Sunday, BP's CEO apologized. We're sorry. We're sorry for the massive disruption it's caused to their lives. And, you know, we're, there's no one who wants this thing over more than I do. You know, I'd like my life back. I'd like my life back. Nobody uh, wants it over more than I do. Now, he looks disheveled and tired and like he hasn't slept in a really long time. I'm not saying it's okay and I'm not saying that BP is okay to have done this. That's your job. But that is a fail, I also that know that failure I, of media management. I also know that I could not do that job. But he sounds curt. He sounds at the end of his rope mm -hmm. and he's being honest. Who wants this to go away more than I do? I do. Me. Nobody. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, I can't even do it now. <laughs> dude, listen to yourself. Yeah, of course. And so... Always start from a place of empathy. So here's an ad that they released. It was really hard for me to find 
this ad, it's about a minute long, and it's him talking directly to the camera, and then you see images of the Gulf Coast, I think, being cleaned up. Um, it was hard for me to find a version of this that didn't have that quote tacked to the end of it, because every every version of this co- apology commercial, somebody remixed online with him at the end saying, nobody wants to go, go away more than me. I want my life back. But here is one that uh, seems pretty straightforward. The Gulf spill is a tragedy that never should have happened. I'm Tony Haywood. BP has taken full responsibility for cleaning up the spill in the Gulf. He's trying to look concerned, by the way. We see him at the beginning of this. So he's wincing his face up. Yeah, like Jennifer he, Garner. And he he's overshot, like, she just looks pinched He overshot concerned and ended up at in pain. Yeah. Or We've staring at the sun. The largest environmental response in this country's history. More than 2 million feet of boom, 30 planes, and over 1,300 boats are working to protect the shoreline. Where oil reaches the shore, thousands of people are ready to clean it up. We will honor all legitimate claims, and our cleanup efforts will not come at any cost to taxpayers. To those affected in your families, I'm deeply sorry. The Gulf is home for thousands of BP employees, and we all feel the impact. To all the volunteers, and for the strong support of the government, thank you. Shout out to the feds. We know it is our responsibility to keep you informed and do everything we can so this never happens again. We will get this done. We will make this right. This and has, this has activated my end. deep-seated antipathy for British people. <laughs> oh, right. I, I apologize you. to any Brits in the listening audience, but I had a bad experience. <laughs> okay, so that was 2010. Um, I want to go back to this, and I promise you, Genevieve, I'm not trying to browbeat you into agreeing <laughs> with me on this, but I haven't gone Good back. Luck, I haven't I mean. gone. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I, I, I have not gone back and watched the... Um, the Facebook ad today, I've still only seen it that one time you played it for me last week. And I remember thinking, oh, they did a good job of reminding me why I used to like Facebook. Um, and seeing all these different approaches, Tony Hayward just looking painfully at the camera and just saying things he has to say. Yeah, by just U- wrote. Uber just like doing the most sh- tell, don't show, boring ass. We are going to continue to improve the way we get you from point A to point B. Uh, to this, which... I, I think last week you felt it was a little cloying. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But for me, this this I just think really all of these have me. a very high degree of difficulty. Um, and it would take an exceptional apology ad to clear that bar for me. Here's the so this is again the Facebook apology ad that is currently running after the um after the, the data breach and the Cambridge Analytica stuff. We came here for the friends. And we got to know the friends of our friends. Then our old friends from middle school, our mom, our ex, and our boss joined forces to wish us happy birthday. And we discovered our uncle used to play in a band and realized he was young once too. And we found others just like us. And just like that, we felt a little less alone. But then something happened. We had to deal with spam, clickbait, fake news, and data misuse. That's going to change. From now on, Facebook will do more to keep you safe and protect your privacy so we can all get back to what made Facebook good in the first place. Friends. Because when this place does what it was built for, then we all get a little closer. With my new ears on this and eyes on this after watching all those other things, I have two main reactions. Number one, I didn't realize last week that they were doing what every company does, which is look at their roots. Only the, this company's roots are like fifth, less than 15 years old. Yeah. Um, which is real. I, I still, I give them credit because I think they do it well, me personally. But then the other thing that I notice is um, the language when they get to the part where always it turns, the passive tense. It was the passive tense. Exactly. Always, what do they say? And then and then something happened. We had to deal. We then we had to deal with. Let but he said then find. something. Then something happened. But then something happened. Yep. We had to deal with spam, clickbait, fake news. Oh my gosh, what happened? We had to deal with. That's right. That we had to deal with. Like, not we effed up. We sold all of your data or let all of your data. We had to deal with. Yeah. Crafty. Well, that was one of the things I noticed last week that I I forget if I said it or, or if I just thought it, but the passive tense there is so slimy and I really hate it. Just say it. Just say, even if you don't say what you did, say we did it. That passive mm-hmm. voice, I would, I would, if I, if I was the editor 
if someone turned that into me who were, who reported to me, I would redline that. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I really or not. hate like it. as a as a consumer, as somebody and, who's analyzing it. I definitely agree with you, but if I'm in that room and I'm saying our best thing to do is make a creative commercial, I might. As your do PR that. professional, I'm going to tell you not to do that. Yeah. I will also say I, I tried to get at this last week, and I I don't know that I articulated it very well. I was like I said something about the quality of the read, uh, the voiceover on yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that. And I I was trying to articulate that it sounds like they're going for something that feels. Um, current and modern and likable and it's that you for especially for the first part for the for the history part for the weren't we so great part it's this like husky you can hear that the uh, that the voice actor is smiling when they say it and it just feels manipulative to me um like it feels it insinuates and um and tries to be like we're hey we're friends and i don't know this dude Mm. You know what the voice sounds like to me? It sounds like a very 2018, the age of Gimlet Media post This American Life. That's what I was trying to articulate. This is the voice that, what is that, what is that uh, sitcom? Has it been canceled yet? That was supposed to be about the founding of Gimlet Media with Zach Braff. Braff, Like this is like, Zach Braff could play. Totally. I I haven't seen that show, but I imagine it sounds like this. Came here for the friends. And we got to know the friends of our friends. Then our old friends from middle school. Are- and then I started a podcast. Yeah. And it's a That's what I mean. And I, I don't care for it. It feels um, dishonest. Mm. I don't really. I mean, like I said, I know I'm coming across as harsh here. Like what would work for me? And I think the only thing I was even remotely like complimentary of was the, you know, driest toast VW print ad. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but truly, it is a high degree of difficulty. I think some of these uh, do some things right. I think they the fact that they all follow this playbook is telling um, because it's like it's just the same thing again and again. VW does it. Um, you know, General Motors does it. Facebook does it. Um, you know, I think Uber watch Uber will do it, too. Mm-hmm. When they once they finish introducing us to their new CEO mm-hmm. and he, I'm sure he's on a, a 50 state apology listening tour, whatever. Um once they get through that portion of this process, I guarantee you their strategic plan has more ad buys in it. Or one of their self-driving car testers is just going to, one of the cars is just going to, you know, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I'm being so cruel to Uber. Why am I picking on Uber? But like, I just sort of feel like they're, they're just such a rolling scandal. If you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they had I don't know. so many sins. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, we did this one bad thing, but we've got that that handled. I mm-hmm. mean, everything about that company was bad. That's why I I mean, that's why I drive a VW. I use Lyft. Right. Right. All right. Uh, let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Vives, what do you got? Well, I wanted to share a couple of ads that some listeners posted to our Facebook group. Thank you, listeners. I love seeing what is uh, catching your eye when you're consuming media. Um, This first one is from Elizabeth. She calls it her new favorite. And this is for a product we've actually talked about before, um, this uh, low-calorie drink called Buy, which I've actually tried. Um, It's supposed to be kind of healthy, right? I guess so. I mean, it's definitely low calorie and it's like, it's fairly tasty for how few calories it has. They're the famous Super Bowl one that had Justin Timberlake and, um, oh God, Christopher Walken, I think. And it was a play on words about. Because of Bye Bye Bye. Oh, Bye Bye Bye, right. Yeah. yeah. So this also has Justin Timberlake, but it also has an actor that um, I didn't recognize. I didn't know his name, but he was a definitely, I knew who he was. His name's Brian Husky. And he's been in a bunch of things. He's a comedic actor, kind of like uh, bald with a with like a with a beard. Ooh, and the, and the sounds thing, like my kind of guy. <laughs> and the thing that I know him best from is from Veep, in which he plays um, the journalist who's always who is always like uh, at odds with with Selena's administration. Uh, why don't you go ahead and play the this buy ad with him and Justin Timberlake? I'll just set it up for you. Uh, Brian Husky is playing like a newscaster. It looks like, you know, weekend update or something uh, in terms of the set. He's uh, he's he's speaking first and then 
he has a pun that he throws to Justin Timberlake. This just in, Bai has five calories and no artificial sweeteners. And this just in keeps putting blueberries inside of raspberries. <gasps> raspberry. So... What? Call it a raspberry. No, those look delicious. Try one. And now he's sure, like no, shoving it into it. No, I'm, Brian I'm Husky's mouth. No, okay. In there a it goes. very intrusive no. way. Bye. Now this Justin, that that checks a lot of boxes for me because I love raspberries and I love poking blueberries into my raspberries. So a raspberry, a raspberry. I I gotta say Justin Timberlake is hit or miss for me as a as as a celebrity, which is what he is now, right? I mean, above all, oh, he's he's a a triple threat. I mean, he's a triple threat, of course. But like, sometimes he annoys the shit out of me, and sometimes his willingness to poke fun at himself is very funny there's a he 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 plays a really unlikable character in one of my favorite movies uh which is bad teacher which i'm like the only person oh, yeah, who likes that movie yeah. um and so i like lot, i kind of like justin timberlake when he's playing an oblivious or stupid or unpleasant character which mm. he sort of is in this one mm. um but i really like brian husky will you play this we just for for funsies play the the scene that he's in from veep oh yeah so this is i, I just happened to have this because i thought it was a funny scene i only have, I only have like 10 seconds of it but uh, he's on he's a journalist he's on air force one i think or maybe it's air force two he's I been like released from a hostile government like North Korea or something and the um, the president's or vice president's kind of main guy what would you call him is her body guy no he like her chief of staff chief of staff yeah um, is trying to keep this journalist on the plane are you seriously detaining me again <sighs> am I being rendered no you're being friended so just please accept our compulsory hospitality <laughs> compulsory hospitality so he's the guy who's being friendered yeah okay what's up thank next? you Elizabeth uh, okay, and then this other one is from Danielle, and I ne- bet you never thought a McDonald's commercial could make you cry. Are you saying that, or is Danielle saying that? I'm saying that. Um, this is a commercial that aired in Singapore. Uh, we are in the season of Ramadan right now, and this is a long commercial, I'm, and I'm not sure that there's a ton of value in playing it, although mm. we will certainly post it again to the Facebook, although it's already there. Um, and it's this very sweet story about a young man, a young Muslim man, who uh, is sell? You know, is, uh, what is the word I'm looking for here? He's observing, observing Ramadan. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but he works for McDonald's, and apparently they have um, in Singapore. McDonald's has like 24 hour delivery service where like bike messengers bike you around McDonald's. Which, guess please. Yeah. Um, and so there's this kid who can't. You know, he's fasting for Ramadan, but he's also biking all over the city and like having to walk up you know lots of stairs and find people and he's also just being like a helpful guy pushing people's cars that are broken down and hanging out with his buddies who are eating but he can't eat and he's just this very sweet very appealing kid at the very end um this the sun has gone down and one of his customers that he drops a box of like a happy meal off to invites him in to share his post-Ramadan meal. To break fast. That's nice. You know, I saw this bouncing around. I had never watched it um, because why would I only host a show about commercials? Um, (laughs) But I did see this bouncing around. I kept on meaning to watch. People were saying, this McDonald's commercial about Ramadan is going to kill you. It's very sweet. And I, you know, and it really reminds you, like, we don't see anything about Muslim culture in our country. I mean, I, you would never see this ad aired here. I'm sad to say. And, I don't. I would. I disagree with. We will never see this. Ad, ad, well, ad like this. we. I mean, I. Don't we have Think it's being yet. aired now. I. Do, but I would not say that we never will. I. I think it's. I. I think that we will. I think. I meant. I guess gonna, I meant like you would not see that on American TV. Now. Maybe not right now. But I. But like I'm just thinking about what were those. Uh, and again, I know that they're way, way, way underrepresented, or there's a way underrepresentation of um, Muslims in uh, uh, American commercials, but you are seeing a little bit more of it. Was it a headphone commercial or an Apple commercial where we saw, um, you know, the young woman getting out of class and just kind of like hanging with the rest of her friends, yeah. not all of whom were Muslim. Um, there was that one. There's the, the jeans commercial that, you know, I love so oh, much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think has some uh, Muslim people in it. And then there's one that was fairly, got a fair amount of play here where I think it might have been, 
it might have been an Amazon commercial where it was like a holiday gift exchange between a rabbi and yeah, a, yes. a Muslim cleric. It might have been British. And um, they both got each other like maybe it was British, but I feel like no, it. No, 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 no. It was here because we saw it on TV all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. We did. It was Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think too, like where they got each other like reciprocal gifts or knee pads or something because they're both you know praying all the time. Uh-huh. Um, now I also think you and I are going to tend to see commercials that have a more uh, inclusive bent to them because we are consumed because now like all media is, is fragmenting in niche um so are the commercials yeah yeah um, okay so one last piece of uh, listener feedback and then we can get out of here this is from listener andrew and he uh not me this time not sometimes you. <laughs> i will just for clarity because sometimes i will write in as a joke different andrew listener andrew um cool andrew wrote it wrote guy. in about that match.com ad uh he writes uh, i listened with interest to your analysis of the match.com ad with courtney uh, so you if you're out there come find <laughs> me that's that the one, one. That's come find the one. Me. so if you're out there come find me <laughs> come find me uh, and I have to throw in some support behind Andrew Walsh's because I was saying that it kind of that re, her she just her presence irritates yes. me that and line I accused, really irritates me. I accused me. you of uh, wanting to get with her and not and not being able to date her. You which, thought you I thought mean, it was over. Well, you thought that it was like it was like the tiniest seeds of this sort of like. Um, men's rights or feeling feeling like feeling preemptively ignored by a woman like her right where and i argued that i I wouldn't she's not the type of person i would be interested in in real life right and like whatever you can get anybody you want anyway and then i was like yeah and then i went out and i slayed a bunch of tang just to prove (laughs) it to you that that didn't happen i honestly don't even know if that's really a thing people say but let's go with it i think it's been a while (laughs) anyway i think that means i ate a lot of oranges um uh, he has to throw some support behind Andrew's mild revulsion. I don't like how she comes off either. And though I don't usually use this as a credential, I can tell you it's not because I don't think she'd go for me since I'm gay as a picnic basket in spring. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you're out there, come find me. <laughs> uh, he continues. I watched the ad a few times to try and pinpoint why I'm so turned off by it. And I think it's because she comes off as egocentric. Here's a woman who's adventurous and loves to travel. And that's great. Her being so worldly makes her interesting, but she's so if she's so self-sufficient, why do I have to go find her? Go find me. Why can't she find me? Why am I expected to do all the work? She mm. reminds me of those people who sit around trying to look cute in bars so that someone will buy them a drink. Also, Courtney, take off that dumb Duran Duran hat. Oh, I actually, yeah, I kind of like her hat. Yeah, well, leave, like you hats. leave Duran Duran alone. Oh, boy, that really, that's, that that's your take on that? Well, look. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just in my sound I mean, effects. I it's it's such a personal thing, right? Like, and it's like it's like all like online dating is a personal thing, and um, I think it, it's funny to me. Like, I, I can understand intellectually what Andrew's saying, and and also what you're saying um, that she's just sort of this. There's a, she's a type that you have a sort of gut reaction to. It's really, I think, her voice in that line that drives me crazy. That, without that line, I don't think that commercial stands out to me at I all. I guess so. I mean, for me, and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman. Like, I don't. It's just a personal thing. Like, it doesn't bother me. There is something. and I, It's I, a little cute. I mentioned this to you last time, and I, I really do think this is it more for me. It's more about my sort of latent kind of weird feelings about not L.A. as a whole, because I don't hate L.A. as a whole, but there is... L.A. is huge, both geographically and culturally. I know. You think she'd wait in line for brunch. Yeah. And she, and how dare you? How dare you, But there were, there were places that I would go in L.A. Like, yeah. Like, honestly. Like, Santa Monica on a, on a Sunday morning. I'm not saying I'm right about this, but, like, just seeing that kind of culture, this, like, kind of brunchy culture. Like, oh, my God. This so brunch, this is I'm your early taking, onset grumpiness. Like, speaking. kind of a... a, a for, yeah, and like you know, the like I'm taking photos of my food for Instagram. Oh my God, you're so <laughs> random. Like now, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that like different people vibe on different things. That type of stuff irritates me. Yes, I'm a grumpy old man. I'm not defending that, but that is more what because like this commercial, she's like skateboarding down the street, and she's it's a very L.A. kind of thing, and I think that's what's bugging me. And that is an aspect of L.A. that you love, Eve. I do. And so I would understand why we just kind of get different vibe. And I actually think for me, it has actually a little bit less to do with the woman 
But again, for me, it's that last line that just stood out to me and it became an earworm. What was the last line again? I can't remember. So if you're out there, <laughs> come find me. Um, that got stuck in my head and that made me notice it more. Yeah. And, and of course, now we've, you know, it's like uh, it's lost all meaning. Right. Yeah, we've played yeah. it so many times. Yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Or right. and- Andrew, thanks you. Or Andrews. Just say thank you, Andrews. Thank you, Andrews. Now I'm feeding you lines. <laughs> say, Andrew, you're so cool. <laughs> you're out there. Come find me. Come find me. Uh, hey, guys, join our Facebook group. It's tons of fun. It's like a party. Come find us Come on Facebook. Us. Just look for After These Messages <laughs> show on Facebook. And it is a, it's a closed group right now, but we have a very open door policy. So uh, just request an entrance and we will let you in and you can join the fun. And also we have an email address. That's right. It's After These Messages show at Gmail. And you can call us and leave us a voicemail of any type, including a jingle. If there's one that's uh, stuck in your head, or if you just want to say "Come find me" 50 times in a row, no, uh, no, no, nope. uh, nope. nope. I take that back. <laughs> uh, that's six zero seven four four four. Five five nine seven. Again, six zero seven four 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 five five nine seven. Sing a jingle that's been stuck in your head for twenty years, or since you were a kid, or sing a jingle that you love now. Like there are jingles on the radio that yeah. I'm hearing now that I love. Um, so uh, so we can have some fun with that. All right, everybody. That's it for today. Oh, next Tuesday, we have a special guest. Are we going to say who it is? Yes, I think we can. Visiting from the belt, from the nation's beltway. <laughs> that's our... not what that's called. <laughs> the nation's beltway? It's either the nation's capital right. or the beltway. No, the nation's beltway. That's like where the country gets skinny in the middle because the belt is too tight. Right. Wait, what country are we in? I'm confused. Uh, actually, I'm stalling because I can't remember what her official title is. We've, we've, it's our chief marketing officer, she's Taylor. She's our chief marketing officer, Taylor Burney, is visiting town. So she's going to be joining us here on the podcast. She is obsessed with two things, my friend. Books and the royals. Um, now, we've already done a show on books, so she is going to come, and we're going to do a whole episode on anything related to royalty. Yeah, so if, if it's... Especially if it's, the British monarchy. If it's tangentially related to royalty, send it our way. We'll we'll put it on the show. Think we'll get into some uh, Burger King stuff? You never know. He is a king. True. True. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, join us for that next week. Talk to you then. into my mama's basement. I don't pay rent. I sell old books for new ones. New fives, two jobs. So live, whole live at the spin show. Beats by Diplo. Stack bundles. Rest in peace. Della Reese's nieces.